this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. What's going on, our fearless family? Thank you again for tuning in for another interview Thursday here on the Fearless Fathers Podcast. It's Davo on the mic. I have another great interviewee for you today, a really good personal close friend of mine, really great outstanding dude, have known for many, many years. I have on the mic with me today, Mr. Martin Vasquez. Martin, say what's up to the Fearless family. What's going on? Live and direct. Live and direct. I love it. For those that don't know, you don't know because you don't know who I'm talking about, Martin is a retired Army veteran, staff sergeant, active duty, and a Purple Heart recipient. Uh, Martin has been around all over the country, many different places, many different tours, and he is a father of three amazing young girls. He's married, lives down in Georgia, finally settled down, and he agreed to sit on the mic with us today, share his experiences, share his emotions, share the stigmas that he broke. And the stuff where he felt so up against the wall, really dive into that and really get personal on what makes him a fearless father. So, Martin, just to kick everything off, if you want to tell the listeners a little bit more of who you are and if there's anything about you that I might have missed. You were pretty accurate. Um, been a dad for 17 years. I've been married for 19. Um, as you stated, I'm an I'm a Army veteran, a retired I've traveled to uh, all over the place, as you stated, Iraq, Afghanistan, throughout the Middle East. Here in the States, I've been uh, stationed at a few posts up and down the East Coast, studying in school still for a few years. It seems like forever, (laughs) but I'm working towards a PhD in education. So that's where my passion lies at. I love teaching people. I like I like learning from people at the same time, and I think that's what uh makes me pretty effective at dealing with my kids and 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 being an effective father. You know, I agree with that, man. Especially in today's world, like self education and just understanding in general, and just knowing that the only constant in this world has changed. I wholeheartedly believe it. The more you learn, the more you understand, the more the more well rounded, especially as a father, you can become. There's no one better to learn from than than your your parents, especially your dad, being that, you know, most dads have been around the block and understand many dynamics of, of life in, in general, you know, not to minimize mom's role, but, you know, right. dad is the one who reinforces the order, the discipline, kind of like toughen you up for the for the world, for what's going to be coming your way. So. You know, I feel like the more knowledge you have, the more you're able to pass down, you know, and and toughen this generation up because it it, it really does need some toughening up. And it, it's not the toughening up of pounding someone's head in, you know, just toughening up with the with love. And sometimes that love has got to be some tough love, man, because uh, you see the outcome. I, I, I you know, I don't want to knock what's going on in society, but. You know, we have a lot of kids that, you know, lack that compassion, that love, man. And sometimes that tough love builds that discipline that's 
going to uh, be needed to deal with the world. World's a cold place, man. There you go, guys. I, I think you're going to get a snippet of what he's coming from. The world's a cold place right now, right? But it comes down to us to really shape and mold that world more into a warm, inviting, and well-rounded place at the end of the day. Martin hit it right. Like The world is it's a constant change, especially in today's environment. There's so much going on out there, but it really only takes one person or a cu- or a handful of people to really start making a positive impact when it comes to change. And you do that, like we always say, one step at a time, one day at a time, and getting your mindset right, whether it's through tough love, compassion, empathy, you know, not not the hard nose hitting like we're so used to and you know, our grandparents were brought up and all that, but it's that really understanding. So I think you guys are gonna get a lot of value out of this one. I'm super pumped for it. Martin, are you ready to kick this off fearless father style? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So the first question right out the gate, you are not exempt from this one, just like anybody else. What's one of the funniest things one of your girls did recently or all three of your girls? All right. Um, You know, we're going through this virtual learning thing and um, you know, they're dealing with their tablets and, and I constantly remind them, you know, Hey, you got to do this. Oh, I got it. You know, kind of like, and and then just recently I was told that you might not understand this. You know, I got a little offended about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I feel like you're calling me old. I had to remind them we built this stuff. You guys are gaming because of my generation, you know? Right. So I had to give them a gut check, you know? <laughs> And um, make them realize, you know, hey, stay in your lane. <laughs> it was nothing bad, but, you know, a lot of kids forget, man, you're gaming because of our generation. <laughs> video games. Dad, you don't even have video games. You had sticks and wheels and you loved it. I don't know what you're talking about. Fortnite's hey. brand new. <laughs> hey, we made it work. <laughs> <laughs> we made it work. Oh man. Yo, it's actually funny you said that. Like the date of this recording, I was just I ran into an old friend at the mall today and we started talking and she's talking about her eight year old and they have the switch and how you could play like old school NES and super NES games on it. And she's like sitting there playing all these like old old school games from the eighties and he's like, How do you know all this? She's like, Honey, you have no idea. <laughs> so I have this really burning question. I need to get it out there. Being a retired army veteran. You were in a combat arms position for many, many, many years. How does it feel being the only guy in the house? You need a lot of patience, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, even the dog is a female, you know? know. <laughs> <laughs> so you need, you, you learn a lot of patience. You know, you, you, you learn to uh, kind of humble yourself as a man. You know, it, it does make you resilient in dealing with different situations and different emotions and the ups and downs. And, but at the, at the same time, it's, it's a good feeling because at the end of the day, you being the only male, you know, you're in good hands. You're always going to be taken care of when you're mm. sick, whether regardless of what you're going through. And on the flip side to that, it feels good to be looked to as that, as that figure who's going to set the standard, especially for, for my little girls. Right. You know, it's kind of typical for young girls to kind of look for traits of their father and, and a mate and stuff like that. So I try to lead by example. I try not to do things that 
make them do stuff that I wouldn't do myself. You know, the whole military mindset, don't let your troops do something that yep. you wouldn't do yourself. It's it's a good feeling, man. I I can't complain. A lot of a lot. I've I've heard people complain. Oh, it's hard to raise girls. And, and on the flip side, I grew up in a house full of males, and we right. constantly got into all types of mischief. Coming home with cuts and bruises, broken bones, all types of stuff. You know, with the girls, you don't deal with that. You mostly gotta you know be there so you can validate their feelings. Because right. I think that's one of the biggest issues I see with dads that are raising girls. When you don't validate those feelings of your daughter, you don't give them the attention. That's when they go on, they, they go on to seek it somewhere else. And sometimes they end up getting into bad relationships that could be kind of a downfall for their forward progress. Right, so right. I feel good being that security blanket. I, I can see a lot of my traits in, in my girls. Their mom is great too, and reinforcing whatever I put out. You know, I help her out. We we kind of like stay in our own lanes, but we want look out for each other. Right. I always reinforce that I'm the authority figure first, and then your friend. And I I notice that in society, I see a lot of parents try to be friends with their kids. And then there, there, there's never that authority, that, that there's never that respect as the parent. So when they head out into the world, they get a misconception that everything is going to be the same way it was when they were at home. And this is why we see a lot of young kids, you know, acting out as adults. And it's just one of those things that, you know, like being the only man in the house, you know, you got to be balanced in everything you do. Because your your daughters are watching you as a man. I have a couple points that I wanna I wanna double back on because you brought a lot of great stuff. I wasn't expecting that answer, but that was a fantastic answer. The past upbringings, right? Like maybe mom and dad wasn't weren't as present with them, or weren't as nice, depending on the situation. So it almost feels like, at least to me anyway, and I don't know, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm not the smartest man when it comes to this, but it almost feels like they're they're sacrificing or not, not sacrificing, but uh, compensating for the fact that they didn't have that present figure. So they want to be the friend with their child. And when it comes to the authority, you know, the child is just going to blow it off and be like, bah, whatever you're going to, you're going to go out with me and we're going to go shopping anyway. Like that, that's kind of how I see that going. And you're absolutely correct. You know, uh, growing up, in my generation, you know, it was very common for dad to go make the bread mm-hmm. and bring it home. And that was pretty much his job. You know, I that was that pretty much in my case, you know, dad right. went to work, he worked long hours, you know, came home, you know, you facilitated everything for him. And, and the next day was repeated. And you kind of had your moments with dad on the weekends or mm-hmm. on a long trip or something like that. And you maximize your time by learning what you can. But in today's time, being that we're so technologically advanced and kids know how to use these technologies and social media platforms, you always have to be present even when you're not present. I see a lot of parents that are present in their kid's life, but they're absent emotionally and mentally. 
Yep. You know, and and it, that's another f- feeling factor that that I personally see that also keeps me mindful of what I need to do as a father. And and it's very important. Being a dad is one of the most important jobs that any man can have. We're we're builders. The the, the moms are the nurturers. You know, they help build these emotions on making a person great, a a good, caring person. But the dad is going to build that person to be resilient and, and, and be that innovator and be tough in dealing with some of the negativities that, that as I stated earlier, that you're going to face in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been at a few jobs. I've watched how young kids, young adults will walk away from a good paying job or walk away from any place because their feelings weren't validated. And I, I find that to be absurd, but it does happen. And that goes back to the parenting. If you're looking to be friends with your kids, then just keep in mind the day you go to enforce some type of, of decision, you're going to get pushback. And you know, as I know, in our time, if we ever did something like that, you oh, know, forget about it. I'd still be, I'm still grounded to this day. 30 years old, I'm still <laughs> grounded right now. I've had my head spun around for even <laughs> for even thinking about something. I, yeah. I never said it, you know. Yeah, but you're absolutely right, though. And I mean, I'm just to back on what you said, guys. Listen to that, right? Martin grew up, or Martin is raising. He, he lives in an entire house of females, of women, of young women. Even the dog is a female, right? And he had a choice in picking a male or a female, and, and it's a female, right? Yep. What did Martin bring up? He brought up patience. He brought up being humble, right? He brought up all these traits that he really had to learn and, or not, not even learn, but like he had to reinforce and Martin even hit it too. And any of our military veterans will know a good leader is not going to make you do something that they themselves would not do. The same thing is done in parenting. How are you going to make your child do something if you yourself are not going to do it? You really have to think about that. You have to be the one to set the standard too, right? Like we brought up a few weeks ago when we talked to Nolfo Perez, being a present father, being there, showing your kids what they can expect when they're going to the relationships, the way you treat your spouse, the way your spouse treats you, your kids pick up on those actions. They don't care about the words. They see the actions their entire lives and that's what they grow off of that's what they feed off of so when it's time for them to move out and find a relationship they're going to find those qualities that were instilled at birth that their dad did or that their mom did and it's funny you say that but it's almost like they gravitate toward it and i say that you know me and my wife joke but you know she'll grab me something or i'll just start asking for something she goes oh my god i'm turning you into my father and we start laughing about it, but it happens. They find what they're used to because that's the comfort zone. That's the normal. That's the everyday. And by instilling that authority and then being a friend, you're really going to have a more well-rounded and respected, you know, as a father, as a new father, or even as an expectant father. But it's, it's those small changes that you make. Learned behaviors are learned at home. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, I know you've been out in public and, and you've watched kids act out or, or say certain things. These are learned behaviors. At young kids at, within a, a certain age are just going to be sponges. They're going to pick up on everything. Me and my wife, we try to avoid disagreements in, in, in front of the kids, you know, because at the same time, I feel that if I argue with their mother and under, constantly undermine her in front of them, they're going to do the same thing. Or they're going to right. try to do the same thing. I mean, the outcome is going to be disastrous for them. Because that's what they're used to. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> that, that's, what they would, that's what they would be used to. Exactly. So, right. you know, it, it's, it's, it's very important to lead by example. You know, that's a, that when you're a leader, man, I, ca- I can't harp on that. Having, having been a platoon sergeant, section sergeant, squad leader, you can't set an example that you're not following. It's not going to work out for you. Kids, if you want an honest opinion, they're going to tell you you're messed up. <laughs> All right. You're not they wrong. They will call you out. Uh, how come you don't do it? You know, I'm, I'm like, get out of here. You know, well, because but, I'm older than you. Right. But, but, <laughs> but it's right, though. Right. It's the oh, well, I'm older. I'm older than you. So I'm allowed to do it. I'm an adult. So I'm allowed to do it. You know, you're calling it off as a joke, but it's that do as I say, not as I do mentality. Yeah. And, and that, that's what a lot of people go towards. And. Not a lot of people coincide parenting with leadership. They just think of it as a parent. And maybe I think of this the wrong way, but how do you want your boss to treat you? Do you want them to treat you like you're belittling you and treating you like garbage all the time? Or do you want them to nurture, foster, and grow you into a bigger, stronger, more well-rounded person and employee? That's the same kind of outlook that I see when it comes to being a parent, right? I don't want to belittle my kid. I don't want to tell them to do as I say, not as I do. My actions speak loud. I want to make sure that my actions speak loud. And I want to nurture and foster. And, and I think if you if you really realize, like, man, if I get treated like crap at work, I don't want to treat my kid like crap at home. Because I look at them as the same thing, right? You're working. You're the kid at work, essentially. There's somebody above you, training you, teaching you, mentoring you. And when you're home, you're that leader. Yep. When a supervisor or, or a manager or something acts like that, we call that toxic. Right. 100%. Same thing with parenting. You know, uh, one of the worst feelings that, that a, young, a young child can have, and, and I've kind of experienced this as I grow older, there are things that I find out as an adult that I wish I knew when I was younger. I, I'm like, damn, you know, why didn't my parents tell me this, you know? And you can't kind of get this moment resentment of, man, if I knew this, I could have ran with this going this way. But, you know, those are the lessons that I learned from that I try to teach to my kids. I, I told I told someone the other day, one of my buddies, he, he just had another girl himself, his second daughter. And I told him, man, people are out here trying to buy their children all the things that they wish they had, they should be teaching them all the things that they wish they would have known. Some of the most momentous moments that you can think of with your parents are the things that they taught you that you still apply to this day. Yes. And you you really appreciate those things. And as a young kid, you really don't appreciate what your parents do till you become a parent yourself. I mean, maximizing your knowledge on everything that you can learn as a parent 
and humbling ourselves to understand, look, I don't know this that well, but I'm going to go learn it. And then I'm going to pass this on because these are the things that are going to go on from generation to generation to generation. That's lacking today. I almost feel like it's been buried down too deep or there's a knowledge that it's out there, but it, I, I believe that it comes back to that. Well, this is how it's happened in our family, our entire lives. So it's never going to change mentality. It's the same thing that you see in the world today, right? Like you see, Oh, one person can't change the world. Yes, they can. Just look at the world in general on how much influence one person can have. And I feel, you know, and I'm I'm almost certain you agree with this as well, too, that as a parent, it's up to us to cut off the legacy that once was and build a new legacy on what is going to be for our children down the road. Wouldn't you agree with that? I agree 100 percent. Because what worked for you might not work for your kids. You know, mm-hmm. as, as one thing that I learned as I, I watched my grandparents, then my parents, and then myself, and now I'm looking at, at my children, is that parenting evolves with time. Yes. And as you stated, if you're looking to build some sort of family success and, and ensure that your children are going to grow then I agree 100% with your theory that you have to create your new legacy. This, you know, you, you just created a branch of your generation that's going to continue going down. And you want to make sure that these traits and these values are carried on. But at the same time, you want to evolve. I've seen parents that have been stagnant. They, they think the same for 20, 30 mm-hmm. years. And their kids then pick up that stagnation and keep it going. You know, you got to teach your kids to evolve as they learn. Every time you learn something new, you just evolved. And it's going to build for the better. I agree with that. But I also feel, and again, you know, I've, I've talked about this on the show before. And any of our listeners will, you know, will agree with this. That I've said many times, it's, the world is so full of negativity. So what happens? We allow, I do it myself, everybody does it because that it's bred in our DNA, but we allow negativity to breed in. We allow the people who we look up to, who we idolize, our parents, our grandparents, our other relatives, friends, neighbors, whoever, we tell them, hey, I'm going to go out and do this or I'm going to start a business. And what do they do? Either subconsciously or consciously, they say, why do you want to do that? That That's really hard. You mean you want to go out there and you want to put yourself on the line to make some kind of pipe dream a reality? And again, it could be for protection for that person or you know, protection for yourself or they're just envious because they don't want to see that success because of some kind of failures in their life. What, whatever it could be, th- there's a multitude of reasons behind it. But it almost becomes our responsibility, well, actually, it does become our responsibility to take those experiences that we've learned, whether they were negative or positive, and to say, well, my parents never really supported me, or they always told me anytime I was going to do something, yeah, that's cool, That oh, yeah, I'll support that, and then three weeks later, they're saying, why are you still doing that? Stop doing that. You're never going to go anywhere with that, or you're ever going to go so far. So I firmly believe it's up to us to take our experiences that we've learned and say, 
I'm not going to be like that when it comes to having my kids, which I think is where you were going with that was that the fact is we're ever changing, we're ever evolving. And so much so do our, you know, do our ancestors and our grandparents and all that. They live in that 30, 40, 50 year cycle of the same things, the same routines, the same cycles when kids are different now than when we were growing up and parents are different now the way than we were growing up right the previous generation raised the recent the most recent generation of parents so it becomes this cycle of well this generation of parents is lazy but it's self reflection on you that said, that should say maybe i had some kind of part to do with this i agree with that 100% you got to take into account my grandmother who's 98 years old or up she's up there mm-hmm. she went through the great depression this was the generation that when they came out of that, they were very cautious with everything they did. Oh, 100%. That mentality was then passed down to the next generation, the next generation. My parents have done exactly what you stated. They be careful, you know, are you sure you want to do it? And I know it's out of love and, and, and concern. Mm-hmm. However, when you look at the generation of the 80s and 90s and up until 2002, you've seen an explosion in, in, in innovation. And that's because that careful walking through the, through the path or through the valley, you know, they broke away from that. You know, oh, yeah. and, and sometimes you have to do what's best. For, I agree 100% with what you said. You have to do what's best for you. And, and you don't want to miss out in a, on an opportunity that may build success for yourself, but most importantly, for your kids. The worst thing you can have as a parent is regret not doing something. And then years later, like, man, I could have did this and I could have put my kids in a better situation to learn this or do this, you know, and, and maybe that would have opened more gateways for them to, to think or, or fought, pursue something. I agree 100% with what you just said. I agree 100%. It's one of those things where it becomes really a double-edged sword, and it's, and it's such a gray area of how much caution is too much caution? How much moving forward is too forward? How much of the cliff am I going to jump off of, right? And it really comes down to us, and it comes down to our parenting styles on how we're going to mold and shape our children going forward. So you know, you new dads listening out there who are afraid to take that jump, afraid to take that leap, take the stuff that's Martin saying, take the stuff that it's like, oh my God, he may be right. He may be onto something. Use that and build that into what you've learned and build that into your past experiences. And don't be afraid to start taking small incremental leaps, right? Those incremental changes, those small changes are the ones that weigh that that give you the most dividends. It's not the big stuff you do today that gives you the most. It's that small incremental stuff that gives you the most at the end of the day. It's going to help build that momentum that you're going to need. It is. To keep going. It is. I heard this and I love it. It's motivation is like a match. You know, you know, one of those matchsticks, it's you strike it. It's so hot. It's so quick. You're burning, you're moving, you're moving. And then what happens? It dies out. You know, you could be motivated in something and you lose steam almost immediately. For me, everything is passion-based. It's how much love do I have for this? You know, I love my kid dearly and I want him to have choices in life growing up. 
So I'm going to show him, going back to what we're talking about, I'm going to do things that I would ask my own son to do. Hey, you can have your own choices. Hey, you can go out there and start your crazy business because everybody has a crazy idea. It's just all you need is one supportive person to really help excel you past your own insecurities and that own imposter inside of us. That's exactly it. We're dropping so much great stuff here. So I, I want to ask you this because I'm really, I'm really curious on how you're going to answer this. Okay. Since you've come from many different styles in your past, from your grandparents, your father, all of that, to raising three girls now, what three words would you say that describe your parenting style? And what would you really attribute those that made your parenting style? Three words that I would use is direct, passive, and uncut. And I, I feel like I stated earlier in, in the past question, I feel as a parent, as a dad, I lay the groundwork. I lay the groundwork for what's going to be expected, that tough mental, that battle mindset that you're going to need to face the world. I'm an authority figure first and then your friend. I don't sugarcoat the world. Because that leads to major disappointments. I tell the girls, this is what you're going to expect, especially as a young lady. You're going to work hard. Don't expect a handout. Put in the work like everyone else. And don't buy into many of the notions that exist out here. If you put the work in and you keep a clean nose and you're a driver, people are going to respect you. And never tolerate anything less than that. I let them know that the world is mean. There are bad men, bad people, bad women out there having deployed overseas. Evil exists. So you have to be the good guy who fights that. And you may fight it physically, emotionally, and mentally. So I tell them how the world is going to be. It will prevent major disappointments. It'll prevent depression later on in life. Well, this didn't work out the way dad said. He told me it was going to be peaches and cream. No, mm. I, I t I'm, I'm, I'm raw and I'm uncut. And I let them know the world is not, it's, it's not a nice place. Look, you know, you know me very well. I grew up in New York City housing out in Brooklyn in the 80s and 90s. Crime was out of control. and you had to be a tough son of a bitch to survive. I, that that kind of helped me mold me into the parent that I am. It also kept me alive down rain because mm. I was able to cut the BS out the way and see the full spectrum of everything that was in front of me. So I operate like that as a parent. I mean, I'm not brutal like uh, your drill sergeant in in. in in full metal jacket or something like that. But, you know, I, I let them know, listen, this is what it is. And this, sometimes it's got to be this way. And sometimes you're going to lose. And sometimes you're going to win. Regardless of both outcomes, you still walking away a winner because you learn a lesson from that. And it's about how you're going to apply the next move. I see parents just quit on their kids. I don't believe that. I'm going to be direct but I'm going to be passive at the same time. The last one is uh, you got to be tough and you got to be a problem solver as a parent and you got to be resilient. 
it, it may seem minimal right now, but later on in life, when they have their own kids, they have a spouse or fiance, whatever it is, they're going to appreciate that you raised them tough and awake to what's going on in the world and what to expect. And you'll always be able to hustle your way out of any problem that may come up in your life. And that's what dads are. We're the hustlers. We make things happen. Nothing in this world doesn't move forward unless dads build it. We're the builders. And that's how we have to approach being a dad. That's what makes a fearless dad. Because I seen, I, I remember hearing your show and, and you asking that question. That's what makes. Oh, I'm going to be asking. Dad. I'm going to be asking you that again too. Don't you worry. Oh, I got. I got more for that. <laughs> you know, but th- those are the three words I would have to run with: direct, passive, and uncut. You brought up some really, really interesting points on that, right? The world is not all peaches and cream, guys. As we know, especially looking in today's environment. I mean, with coronavirus, with injustice, racial injustice everywhere. Like everything is on the breaking point. Martin hit some really good points of like, you need to prepare your children that, you know, the world is not ultimately out to get you, but not everybody is your friend or there may be issues that are going to arise, but you are going to learn from them. You're going to become better because of them. When you fail, get up, dust yourself off, evaluate what happened realize what mistakes did I make? What mistakes did they make? What can I do to improve next time, right? The Army has what we call after-action reviews. What are three things that worked well? What are three things that I could improve on for next time? And you take those and you turn it into the next situation. What do you do? You take what works for you, you build it, and you relate it to the next advancement that you're going to go forward with. Something should be relatable in your situation that's going to help you grow and improve down the line. Maybe not everything, but I would say about 98, 99% of everything that you're going to deal with, there's going to be some kind of relatable piece of information within that. I'm going to add on to that. For the new dads, if there was anything that I would need to know, it's exactly what you just said. It's, it's tough in the beginning. It's a blessing. Man, I can't tell you how much of a blessing it is, but it's scary at the same time when you're first holding your kid, man. You're like, man, first of all, you're like, I can't believe I made this, you know? Yep. And then secondly, you get these emotions that start going through you. Like, you have to act now. And and what you just said just nailed it. It, it kind of explained how I was feeling at the beginning when I first had my daughter. My daughter's 17 now. And she's here talking about college and and talking about possibly starting a business and all this stuff. So, you know, I attribute that to to the the hard mindset of not sugarcoating anything and, mm. and kind of dusting, as you stated, dusting off those 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 L's and and converting right. them to W's again. You know, so I, I I couldn't agree more with you on that point. And talking about your oldest daughter, since, you know, she is 17 now, like, 
she was obviously born when you were active duty. So how did that play a role with you being active duty and your your oldest is born? Like what what things went through your mind and did you even become more resilient because of that? It made me more focused. It made it made me understand that I need to take things serious. You know, hmm. when when I when I went on my first tour, she was three years old, and my my middle daughter, who was thirteen, was only five months when I left. And I I went on that one deployment where they extended everyone to fifteen months. You know, and I was gone for fifteen months. So you you leaving your kid behind when they're five months and then you come back, they're they're here talking and asking for bananas and apples and stuff like that. You're like, what the hell's going on? You know? Right. But um I learned that balance is an important key to being a good dad, a good parent. And you know better than anyone as you're going up the ranks, you get thrown more responsibility, more people. And in the military, you have to take care, like if you have, if let's say you have a platoon and you have 45 guys, 50 guys, mm-hmm. they're all your problems. Oh, yeah. And I mean that in a good way and a bad way. You understand they're down to, you know, their their struggles are your struggle. Having to deal with different personalities, different sets of problems you kind of take the good and the bad and you throw it in your tool bag to help you reinforce your that leadership you were talking about earlier, taking the good with the bad and being that good teacher, you know? So I learned to, to, to have a balance in my life. I learned to be an active dad. You know, I know sometimes in the military, you may go out to, to the field for, for 60, 90 days, do a stint out there in the sticks, come back home. And the last thing you want to do is hear anybody or talk to anybody, but you got to fight through that and, and understand that you don't want to be that. And you mentioned it earlier. You don't want to be that father that's there, but not there. I was always mindful of that. Every time I was training or deployed or out in NTC, out at Polk, you know, and Polk sucked <laughs> just to make the, for the record. I've heard horror stories. <laughs> you know, people this like, episode well, will live, live on forever. Don't worry, they'll know forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, you live in Georgia. No, Louisiana is a whole nother breed, man. <laughs> you know, balance is a key when you're in the service, man. It helps you balance everything else in your life, you know. A lot of marriages fail because of the lack of balance. You don't know who you're married to till you're gone, man. Evidently, when you come back, if you just come back and fit into your role like you never left, then you know you're in a good place. Right. So I, I, I was truly appreciative of that. You hit it just right. Balance is the key word in all of that. Like you said, your first deployment, you had your oldest who was three, your or your middle child was five months old. You're gone for 15 months. You're going out there, your first stint in Iraq, you come home and you said it right. Like your youngest at the time, five months, not doing anything. And now they're asking for food and they're walking around, they're talking. And it's like a major culture shock because you're like, this 
this didn't happen. Like it 15 is. months just felt like it just disappeared. I think a lot of people have a hard time rationalizing that, right? They come home or they're gone for a week from work or they're gone for a deployment for 15, 12, 15, 18, two years. And they come home and nothing is the same. And they expect everything to be the same or the way that it was. And it really comes to us to understand that balance and to understand that the only constant in this world is change. It's up to us to continually improvise, adapt, and overcome situations. To really take those imperfect actions today. Like you just said, like you go out to the field for 60 days, 90 days. You come home. All you want to do is lay down and your kids are just blabbing, 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 asking why, 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 why. You can easily snap because all you want to do is crack open a beer and just relax after you were just doing, you know, field training for 90 days, which even doing two weeks of that is horrible in itself. But it really takes that self-reflection and that self-awareness to balance yourself, to understand they don't know what I went through. They don't know. They don't know the situation. I'm home now. I'm with my kids. I get to be with my kids and I get to show them something that, yes, I could do this. But as soon as I cross that threshold, I'm dad. I'm not Sergeant Vasquez or I'm not, you know, captain, whoever. Like I am dad at this point. And it's really being able to know when to wear those hats at different points, which I think is a big problem, even on the civilian side of the scale, too, wouldn't you say? Big time. I've never been a, a big fan, you know, even though I was, I was a leader in the military, you know, I was a person first and then the rank. I feel like sometimes you can, you can um, kind of take the humanity out of the person when you start to think like that and you start to forget who you are as a person, where you came from mm. and what made you successful in the, per- in the first place. And I think I want to believe that I've impacted many soldiers in my time in the military, you know, and and I was able to troubleshoot a lot of situations with at the lowest level. And I was able to take guys who struggle to military lifestyle and watch them right now be sergeant first classes. Right. I'm, I'm happy for them. These were guys that a lot of people gave up on. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I stated before, many kids grow up with that without that tough love. And having come from the background that I came from, you know, my dad came to this country from the Dominican Republic. And my mom is from, you know, from Puerto Rican background. Mm-hmm. And he had nothing. So when he came here, it was a hustle and grind. You understand? And I never forgot that side of me, that side that taught me, listen, don't quit, you know, keep pushing through. And that kind of helped me factoring, factoring the, the, the fact that I grew up in New York city in, in a pretty rough time frame. that also helped me build a strong mindset. And I think that helped me be a good leader in the military and also be a good dad you you never want to lose your compassion you have to admit and humble yourself when you're wrong and i have no problems doing that you hit a very very interesting point that i'm that i want to uh kind of reiterate here in a different sense 
guys, listen to what Martin said here, right? He talked about it early in the uh, middle part of this episode. He grew up in the in New York City in the 80s and 90s. And for anybody who may have grown up in that time or even, you know, watched shows about that, crime in New York City, especially in Brooklyn, like Harlem, all those areas were atrocious. And a, practically a death warrant, as most people would probably say. Yeah. He is the pinnacle of what I always talk about. The universe, or Tony Robbins says, because it's his phrase, but the universe works for us, not to us, right? Yep. And easily, Martin could have said, well, I'm a product of 1980s, 1990s New York City, so therefore I'm trash, therefore I'm stuck in the, I'm stuck in the slums, this is what my life is going to be. He never took away the fact that you can have compassion for people. That tough love and compassion can ultimately work together, and they should work together, right? Like he said, he had soldiers in his unit that people gave up on that said, nope, you're a shitbag, you're you're this, you're that, nobody wants you, just go out there and start sweeping, start sweeping the pad all day because we don't even want to look at you. And what did he do? He took people under his wing. He said, listen, man, you know, I know you got it in you. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get you better. We're going to we're going to make you rise and we're going to make you stronger. And what happened now? He said he's got, you know, he's got soldiers that he trained that he trained that are now sergeant first class, senior, senior sergeant, senior non-commissioned officers going for higher, higher positions because you took that moment to understand, like, I know where my situation came from. That doesn't make me a product of my situation. But what it does is it gives me the tools to go out there later on down the road. I don't know what that's going to be but to hopefully make a larger impact for somebody that may not have had it otherwise. And the same thing can be said for parenthood, for fatherhood, taking the situations that you were dealt, taking the cards that you were dealt, right? You play the player, not the cards. You get a two queen off suit in Texas Hold'em. It's a crap hand, but you play that player. You play the situation. You play it at the right time. You fold at the right time and you make them think, and what happens? You end up winning that hand. And when you instill that stuff in your children and you let them know, hey, the world may suck, but there's compassion out there. There's empathy out there. And it's up to us to grow that and to make you more to make you better and more well-rounded. I'm one I, I have a good friend, right? And um he he's always talking about his dad. His dad passed away years ago. Talked about he is always talking about his dad. And the way I see him with his son kind of gives me a glimpse that his dad was the type of person that we're talking about right now. You know, one of these fearless dads. Because you can see the impact of being a good dad. Years after you're gone, it just keeps on going generation from mm-hmm. generation to generation. And I see how he's raising his his son. And I it just based on, you know, the numerous conversations we've had, you know, you know, when you when you deployed, you know, you, you learn about people around you better than their own spouses. Oh, yeah. We spent hours talking. I can see now why his dad was such an impactful man in his life. Even my dad, my dad came from the school of hard knocks, you know, 
show love, that show minimal love, but you know, they show it in other ways. He's, he, he's not going to tell you directly, you know, Hey, good job. Good. You can always do better. <laughs> you know, it's, he was like, there's always room for improvement. That's that uh, reinforcement of always reevaluate what you're doing because there's always more to what you're building. It, you could build the foundation to a to a house, but if you only stop there, then what's the purpose of of starting that foundation? You want to go up right. now, right? So I look at that, and and I look at you know experiences with my friends like yourself. Me, our relationship as friends, other people, and you try to take the good from everyone. Even even as a, as I, even though I turned forty this year, I look at people like you. I learn from the younger generation, from people that are a couple years younger than me, and take away the positive things that they're doing. And I put that in my tool bag. There's nothing wrong with that. I know that sometimes as, as, as guys, we, you know, we, we show this tough, tough, we're tough, you know, but it should never be that way when we're amongst each other. You know, we should always be critiquing each other and looking out for each other on how we could be better men. And, and I'm glad that you're doing this. Because this is much needed, especially in a time that we're going to. You know, I believe that the dad is under attack in our society. And we've seen throughout the, the years, and I'm going to go out and say it. We've seen throughout the years, dads have to take the hit on, on some of societal's failures. But I believe that, you know, we need the dad back in the home. We need the dad back in the home. Because we're builders and we know how to mold mm. kids into being tough, being resilient. And like I said, I'm not saying that moms are not like that. Right. You know, but right. there's only so much you can do as a mom if you have a son like me. There's only so much I could do with my daughters. And then mom has to take over. Right. You understand? So it's it's the job of both parents to be those builders. But dad is going to lay that foundation, you know, don't be fearless when you when you approach the world, you know, because if you don't get what you want in this lifetime, someone is going to put it at a discount value. Mm. And you'll never get the value that you deserve if you just sit back and allow other people to do that for you. There you go, guys. Knock that down in your toolbox, right? Find those mentors. Find those younger mentors out there, those ones that are a few years younger than you, right? They have new, fresh experiences. Just because, you know, you hear that, well, I'm older, so I'm wiser, that may not necessarily be the case because you may be missing out on some very important information if you if you turn a blind eye to somebody who's younger than you and you say, oh, kiddo, you don't really know how the world, how the world works yet. Or for you new dads out there, Take the positive things that the older generation is saying and put that in your tool bag and take the, you know, the things that your peers are saying, the positive things that they're saying and take that and mold that into your style, right? I always believe the most successful person takes the best attributes from those people that they look up to the most to mold their own style, 
You make it original. You don't copy, but you make it your own. You take the things that work for you that are going to be your biggest strengths and you make them better. And like he said, building the foundation, laying that framework now to build that up, to be tough, to be resilient, but to also be empathetic, to say it's okay to be vulnerable, but you're going to be strong. You're going to learn from your failures and you're going to succeed because of that. So Martin has been dropping some amazing value here. We're getting ready to wrap this up today, guys. For you new dads out there, for you expectant dads out there, take what resonates with you today. Throw the rest off to the side, right? We just said it. Take what's going to work for you. It's going to make you better. It's going to make you a stronger and a more fearless father. So Martin, as we're closing this up today, do you have a call to action for any of our listeners? And if you do, what is that call to action? Don't give up, man. Don't allow the adult situation to uh, play down to you, to the kids. You know, be be the example, be the builder that that you are. You know, set the standard for how you want to see your kids grow and the success, the process you want to see come out of that. A good leader is also a good follower. He'll take the information, he'll humble himself, and he'll then apply that into his life to see everyone around him grow. So there's your call to action, boys. Don't give up. To become the best leader, become a follower. Learn from those who have made the mistakes that you're gonna that you're probably gonna make or that you've made. Learn from those, follow those examples. And put that in your toolbox to be the best leader to not give up for your child. And Martin, you already you already hinted to it a little bit before, brother. But to wrap this all up, fearless father style, in your own words, what does it mean for Martin Vasquez to be a fearless father? Be the builder. Don't don't give up. Instead of giving your kids everything that you wish you had, teach them the things that you wish you would have known. And I'm telling you, you, your kids are going to be stupendous. They already are. You'll just be taking them to the next level. So there you go, guys. I want to thank you, Martin, for being on the show today, man. This was was about as great as a conversation I thought it was going to be, if not better. So I I really want to thank you for jumping on the show today, man. It really means the world to me. I appreciate the friendship, man, and I appreciate you having me on, giving me this opportunity to share, you know, some knowledge with everyone else. And I've walked away with a couple of things myself. So appreciate you, Dave. Absolutely, brother. It's and that that's what we're trying to get to at the end of the day, guys, right? Opening those lines of communication. I learned so much from Martin today. We're learning tools. We're picking up tools by getting that communication out there and by saying what we believe, saying what we feel opening those lines and saying, hey, it's okay to be the way you are to feel these ways. You're going to get stronger. You're going to find common ground between a completely opposite person. So take what you learn, put that in your toolbox. Be a leader becomes being a follower first to then effectively lead your children down the line. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. Tell this to any of your friends who may need this. Let your friends know. Let those new dads out there know that you know your friends who are fathers. You're the quote-unquote experienced fathers, right? We say the new fathers are your newborn to four-year-old. 
that newborn year, that's the easy year, man. It's a stressful year, but it's an easy year. It's when they get moving. That's when you really learn to become a truly fearless father. Support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. That's going to help Ryan and I continue this project, keep going, building it, making it stronger, making this movement louder than it's ever been before. This is a movement that we that we're pushing, and I'm glad we're more than five months into it now, and we're just continuing to grow, and we're continuing to see some amazing support from fathers all over the world. I mean, all over the world, so thank you guys. Your children are learning and growing every single day. Just because you're an adult, a father, and a man does not mean you can't do the same. In today's world, self-education is more important than ever before. Take those small steps. Take those small victories. Let's learn. Let's become fearless together. And we're all going to embrace the fear. 